Welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm super excited that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today, we had such a great conversation. It reminded me of just a regular old chat with a girlfriend that I love, except for her and I have actually never met until today. We chat about parenting, forgiveness, marriage, Guatemala, mops groups, and just making small changes in your everyday life to help you love the life that you actually have. You're going to love our conversation. Guys, I want to thank today's sponsor for the show, and that is Seiko Designs. Seiko is an ethical fashion brand that makes beautiful, versatile sandals, bags, and accessories. And on top of that, every single product that Seiko makes is helping to send a bright and brave woman in Uganda to college through their super cool work-study program that matches the women's wages with a scholarship towards college. Literally, I have a pair of Seiko sandals. Well, I have a couple pair, but my favorite are the crossover slides. And when I got the box in the mail, it like tells a story about the woman that sends to college. It's amazing. You can buy Seiko online at SeikoDesigns.com. And let me just tell you, Seiko is spelled like this. S-S-E-K-O, but you say it, Seiko. Liz, who's the owner and she started all this, she was on episode number 75 with me. Go listen to that one and you can hear the story of how the whole thing started. But if you forget the website, just Google Uganda Sandals and you'll come up. Um, If you're interested in joining the Seiko team and helping to further their mission to educate and empower women in Africa while earning an income plus free product, you can learn all about the Seiko Fellows Program on their website. Guys, they're super sweet over at Seiko, and they're going to give you guys a discount. So use the code HAPPYHOUR, and you're going to get 15% off your purchase. So happy hour, get 15% off SeikoDesigns.com. And my favorite is the crossover slide if you're looking for something awesome to wear this summer. All right, guys, here is my conversation with Alex. All right, Alex, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I was just chatting with you before, and I totally stepped into friend zone really quickly by calling you Alex. Um, do you Have you always gone by Alex or Alexandra? You know, that's a great question. Um, I went by Alexandra as long as my mom had control over what oh. other people called me. Did you secretly want to be Alex? Yeah, because it's oh. kind of a cute name, like Sam for uh-huh. a girl. Yeah. Right? Um, and by high school, she just couldn't control it anymore. So through middle school, I was Alexandra. And people who know me from my childhood still call me that. Uh-huh. But um, they're almost the only ones. Who call you that still. Who call me that still. Well, mm-hmm. I just totally jumped in it, and then I was had to ask you, like, I'm sorry, because I have some friends. Like, I, have, for example, I have a friend. Her name's Kimberly, okay? Mm-hmm. And she does not want to be called Kim. Mm-hmm. It's like what it is. But then I have another friend who's Kimberly, and I've only known her as Kim. Yeah. So you just don't know. Right. But we're now friends, and I can call you Alex. Yes. Even though your full name is Alexander Kirkendall. Did you see yes, how I did yes. that? I know. It's long, and I hated it when I was learning how to write. And then all of my daughters have nine letters in their first name really? and this terrible last name. So it was, I guess. Did you do legacy. that nine letter thing on purpose? Well, the first two times, no. But then my mother, who, you know, was really into my long name, uh-huh. noticed that. And so we continued the trend. Okay. Which... So what are their names? Do you say them in public? I do say them. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, well, Gabriella, who, okay. kn- who does not like to be called that. She is only Gabby. Gabby, yes. And Genevieve. Oh, beautiful. Does she go by Genevieve? She does go by Genevieve. Love it. And uh, Grace Lynn, which is one word. 
Oh, I like it. No, because the nine letters. Yes. And uh, Juliana. And do Graceland and Juliana go by their full names? Uh, Graceland does. Mm-hmm. We call her Gracie, but at school she likes to be Graceland, which is interesting. Uh-huh. And Juliana, we call her Lalo. Oh. I'm not totally sure. I wouldn't have guessed is. that. Mm-hmm. But at school she goes by Juliana. She's in preschool. Okay. All right. Okay. So four girls, you have a new book out, which I have in front of my hands. And if anyone listens, they know that I have a thing for covers, like book covers and wine covers, anything that covers anything. (laughs) I totally have a thing for like, they say you can't judge a book by a cover. And I think that a lot of times I do. And so, but you have a new book and I love the cover. So I just have to tell you you. that. Thank you. you. I love it too. Were you in on the cover design? I was. Oh, good. I love it. I love to hear that. So mm-hmm. it's called Loving My Actual Life, an experiment in relishing what's right in front of me. Um, this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's not one person listening today that might not struggle with loving their actual life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's a universal What feeling. is it? Like, I was just thinking mm-hmm. before we got on the phone, I was like, okay, I get this. This is like, I understand this. And what is it about us? Is it just our, our sinful nature? We're always constantly wanting something else. What do you think? Probably. Probably that's part of it. So what made you do this? Well, because I did see that it was universal. I I was living kind of a crazy existence, which I think we all live. I have four children. Yes, I hear you. I was overscheduled, even though I really was honestly trying to keep a handle on my schedule. Um, I was trying to please a lot of people, and it was just kind of an unsustainable life. So just crazy, you know, waking up and already being behind kind of feeling every uh single day, day after day after day. And then I had a few things happen when I was um, finishing my first book. My friend Heather, who's a friend of mine from school, our kids go to school together. Her husband collapsed at work and 10 days later he died. Oh my gosh. And they had kids that were the same ages. He was the same age as me at the time. And it hit home. And I'd had a few other friends, mom friends who had died, um, within like the five years previous to that. So Mm. it just hit me like this third person whose life ended suddenly, who really was expecting tomorrow to be there. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't. So as I was walking with her through her grief and seeing this and, and really thinking through her life now, Mm. like she does not, love her actual life. And um, she would give anything to be living the life I'm living with yeah, my because husband. her husband's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, I need to appreciate that God has allowed me to be living the great life I am. So that happened. And then um, right as I was starting to think about writing an- another book, my oldest daughter started touring middle schools. And it hit me like, bam, seven. I knew we had seven years left with her at home. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. We've done the same thing. My oldest is 12 and I start and you do the math. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I thought if I don't pay attention to today, I mean, I'm getting emotional just talking about it and I've been thinking about it and writing about it for a year. Um, I am going to miss her childhood and she's going to leave for college or wherever. And I I'm going to regret that I didn't pay more attention to today. Mm. So those were the motivators for me, but I am not a doer. Like Mm. I'm very much a ponderer 
And I need someone to kind of kick me in the tush right. to get something to happen. So I thought I need some structure to how I'm going to work through the how of this. Mm-hmm. And that's where the experiment kind of came from. And so tell me about the experiment because I have not read your book. I just got it. So it's a nine-month experiment because my life kind of works in nine-month chunks. You know, I was pregnant four times. Uh-huh. You know how to count down nine months. I do. <laughs> and also the school year to me is like the real year. Right. Yes. So um, September through May is mm-hmm. kind of my actual year. So I thought nine months is good. Most moms can relate to nine months. And I wanted to do something to knowing that I was writing about it that would feel like other women could duplicate it. Yeah. Um, and each month I take a different area of my life and I look at it and ask the question, if I make small tweaks here, will it allow me to love this ordinary part of my day a little more? And or will it free me up to pay better attention to the people in my life that I want to be paying attention to? So that is kind of the question I asked. And so I came up with nine different areas and each month examine it with a little bit of a plan. Like I'm going to tackle this month doing these three things. And of course, sometimes those things work and they don't. Sometimes they don't because it's an experiment. Right. And um, at the end... I kind of conclude with these are the things I will try to continue. And I really focused on small changes because I wanted to actually do them. Mm -hmm. And if it was going to be some huge momentous change, then again, I'm not much of a doer, so it wasn't going to happen. And I wanted them to be sustainable. That's that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think so many times, don't we do this? We're like, I'm changing this entire thing right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like like our family will only eat organic starting now. And you're like, well, that's, I don't know how to do that. And that's not sustainable. Yeah. And day two, you're like, (laughs) exactly. You're like corn dogs from Sonic, everybody. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that. So you did small changes. Yes. And when, when I've been out kind of talking about the book, my challenge to women has been, if you can make the change in the next 24 hours, then it's probably about the right size. Oh, okay. So like, give me an example. Well, so, um, like Month two, I focused on our morning routine because mornings tend to be a nightmare for us and for lots of other parents. That's like the understatement of the year. But yes, carry on. And, and, you know, in theory, I thought if we start well, then set the rest of the day up well. Yes. And I hated the fact that I was yelling at my kids right before I sent them out into the world that was going to tear them down. Uh Uh-huh. I should be their safe place. Mm-hmm. I should be the kind one in their yeah. life. And I'm telling them for the hundredth time to find their shoes. And we were running around the house like crazy oh, people. Yes. So. And also, can I just ask you this? Are your kids yes. like mine? Doesn't it seem like we do the exact same thing every day for nine months, right? Here we are. We're recording this at the end of May. We have two <laughs> weeks left of school. Like my kids still can't remember like small, like have your shoes ready to leave like because we'll get time to go and I know she's in second grade and she's eight so whatever I need to let it go but every day I'm like we wear shoes every day like every day we wear shoes to school where are your shoes oh I forgot them (laughs) like it just kind of makes me crazy Mm -hmm. yeah just a couple weeks ago I had to drive back home because someone didn't have shoes on on that's hilarious and I thought really (laughs) barefoot is not an option in our schools Uh, so that that would be a great example like putting shoes out by the door would be a small change you could Mm. make tonight so that in the morning um, 
you're not stressed. Yeah. And that's going to be one small change that's sustainable. And it's not, nothing in the book is rocket science, like nothing. Right. It's all about trying it and then thinking for me, because I'm kind of the dumb lab rat, like I keep doing the same dumb things over Uh, over and over. over, Yeah. But then when I do something that works, oh, wow. Why didn't I think (laughs) of this? Yeah. Um, So that would be an example or having, uh, making sure that you have lunch stuff in the fridge, like going to the grocery store today. Yes. Because for me, lunches are my worst meal. I know. I hate making lunches. And I'm kind of excited for school to be done because I think, oh, then I don't have to make lunches. But the truth is they're They're still here. They still want to eat. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw out this lunch tidbit that I have not been doing for a long time, but my girlfriend Janet told me about this. Okay. Because she has four kids like us. Mm -hmm. She would, at the beginning of the week, make four times five, 20 sandwiches. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some people like mayonnaise, some people like mustard, whatever. She'd make them all, put them in individual baggies, and then put those in a freezer bag, Mm -hmm. put them in the freezer. And then when the kids made their lunches the night before, they just pulled it out. And by lunchtime, it was thawed out. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fabulous? Yes. I want to do that. Yeah. So I had, I had been doing that for a long time. Um, and my kids actually, the other day, you know, they said to me, they're like, mom, we wish you did that again. It was just easier. And I'm like, oh, that is easier. Mm -hmm. But I just got out of the rut. Right. And so then we're racing in the mornings or at night, whenever, you know, yeah, small things, small things. Mm -hmm. What in the book did you try that you hated? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. Or that you're just like, you thought it might've worked and Mm -hmm. then you realize this, this might work for some people. This does not work well for me. So, um, so speaking of food, okay. I, um, I bought, well, the hardest month for me was home organization because oh. I am, te- I am a terrible housekeeper. Like yeah, me too. Anybody that comes to me are kindred hearts. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> so I'm a terrible housekeeper. I really struggle to be organized with stuff of any kind, uh-huh. <laughs> really hard. So I'm a sucker for any kind of organizing product because if you're going to sell it to me with the promise that it's going to help me, you're then in. I want it. Yeah. So I went to Target during that month and I went to the to the organizing section and thought there must be something in here that's going to help me. Did you feel overwhelmed? Like, what do I do with this stuff? Right. But maybe I should just start buying it. So I bought <laughs> this, um, this calendar that was the biggest calendar that I could find yeah. and it, it had all of these colorful sticky notes oh, that yeah, went for with your it. kids yeah and I thought oh this is really going to help I don't know what for but it <laughs> must be helpful they say it will help me so yes, it must so I brought it home and it didn't do anything for me oh. however when the meal month rolled around I remembered it and it ended up helping me with meal planning but that was something that I bought thinking, oh, this is totally going to help me like with chores or something, something. that's going to help get the stuff organized. And it didn't. But you used it for the meal plan. But right? I did use it for the meal thing. So you don't so like you- housekeeping. Do you like cleaning? I mean, not cleaning, cooking. I do like cooking. Okay. I do. Um, I like it obviously better when I know what's for dinner. Yeah. Um, so having a plan has helped me. And I've had times in my parenting life when I've been pretty good at that. Um, it tends to not be during soccer season and soccer season is when I need it the most. And we're just ending soccer season right now. So maybe I'll get a grip on dinner because 
right about when it's time to start making dinner, I'm leaving yes. for the yes. evening. <laughs> you know, I found the same way. We are just finishing up baseball season and I'm so happy. Like I love it, but it really took over three months of our life. Um, and those, those are the months that I would have needed to like rely on my handy, trusted five crock pot meals that I know how to do. And I just didn't. Yeah. And I really thought to myself so many times, this is when these are the best. What am I doing? I just could not get my act together. You know, I know know. because then four o'clock rolls around and and you think, Oh shoot, it's time time for you to leave for three hours. I'm going to be hungry when we get home. So my husband, this spring has really helped. Uh, um, if I get, if I run to the store and get ingredients that will make some kind of something, then he's good about cooking while I'm at soccer. Oh, that's so good. I did something a couple of, I guess about a year ago, Aaron and I went out of town. And so I left one of my trusted babysitters who's awesome with my kids for, you know, two or three days. Um, and I, when I'm leaving people with my kids, I feel like I need to make it as easy as possible for them. Right. Cause I'm yeah. asking a lot of you, you're going to take care of my four children. I know what they're going to do while I'm gone. So let me see how, how I can help you. And I created like five freezer meals to go in the crock pot. It was the mm-hmm. best thing ever. I didn't get to benefit from them. She did, but that's something that would be really good. Thinking about meals, you know, is a plan right. ahead and put stuff in the freezer. Right. I'm like talking it to is- myself things I should be doing. Well, that's the thing. I think for a lot of us, we know what works for us. We just forget to do them. And so when we're intentional and we say, I'm going to focus on this for a couple of weeks and really make it better, then we remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this helps. Works. This helps. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. And I just, I appreciate you saying the small steps because I'm even thinking, if I'm thinking through meal planning, which would be hard for me, it would just mean like, um, you know, going to the grocery store with a list. And I know that sounds elementary, but mm-hmm. that's a big deal is to show up with a plan. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I show up and just walk down the aisles and get anything that I think we might need. Mm-hmm. And that never works out very well for anybody involved. Right. Oh. I, I go to Costco and I come home with a lot of cheese nips and yogurt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Enough to last an entire month, though, because you shopped at Costco. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you have four girls. No wonder you shop at Costco. I shop at Costco because I have four kids. Mm-hmm. Um, your girls are a wide range, four to 13. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your parenting... Well, I know I'm guessing that you do. You're parenting lots of different levels at the same time, mm-hmm. whereas my kids are all within four years. So a lot of my boys get kind of thrown into the same stage, you know, whatever. What's it like being a mom to a 13-year-old and a four-year-old at the same time? Yeah, it's it's hard to find things that we all like to do together. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of classic. The younger ones get drugged to the older ones' activities. Mm-hmm. And the older ones have to make room for the younger ones not being able to do things. Yeah. (laughs) Like we don't go on family bike rides because we have two kids who can't ride bikes. Right. And so that would be hard. Yeah. And like going shopping with my older girls. They're starting to get into shopping. We really have to figure out a way to do it without their sisters (laughs) because they run through the mall and then in five minutes are bored. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of doing things with the olders and then doing things with the youngers. And that works out okay. Is that exhausting for you or do you get filled up by having that intentional time with different sets of children? Yeah, I like it because it it helps me have that one-on-one time. I think four kids, especially the middle two, can get lost um, in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. And the older one tends to get her needs met just because – we're experiencing life 
with a 13 year old for the first time. So she gets a lot of our energy and attention and she has her whole life because everything that she's experienced for the first time, we've experienced as parents for the first time. Yeah. So like the whole middle school decision, it was huge. And next year we have to choose high school next fall for the following year. And we're already stressed about it. But by the time the fourth whatever whatever just graduate exactly (laughs) my fourth child i did i didn't even take them to their first day of kindergarten i was out of the out of out of like the country i think um and the first child i like cried all the way out you know (laughs) by the fourth one i was like you'll be fine mommy will be home in two days you're great it's fun yes (laughs) you're done with it you'll love it Oh, I can see how that would be trying to navigate those different emotional levels and spiritual levels and mm-hmm. physical levels, all of those different things. Um, but I also see how you could be a little bit more intentional with them as well um, versus all of my kids being in kind of the same stage that we're in, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. You just got home yesterday from Guatemala. Yeah. I want to hear about that. I've never been to Guatemala, but I have a friend who's been several times and says that it's just lovely. It is so beautiful. I had never been either. And um, it was a great trip. I don't want to make it sound like I'm this big globetrotter. I was going to – well, (laughs) one of my other questions was like where are other places you've been? Well, I have been a lot of places um, as a child, which I wrote about in my first book um, a little more. So I traveled a lot. Tell us real quick what it's called. Um, That is The Artist's Daughter. daughter. The Artist's Daughter. Yep. It came out a few years ago. And it does – kind of describe the globe-trotting childhood that I had. So it's a memoir. Yes. Okay. And um, since I've been married, we haven't really traveled. And really since having kids, it's so hard with oh a big family to go on an international trip. Can I, I ask you a couple questions? Yes. Do you make lists for everything? And do you like – Do you like when I leave, my list looks like this, Sunday, 8 a.m., this, mm-hmm. like 9, mm-hmm. this, da-da-da-da. Does it, your life look like that when you leave? Yeah, it's a production list. I call it <laughs> by minute by minute <laughs> because yes. the driving – my driving schedule is a little bit crazy. Just pickups um, and drop-offs and – Yes. Yes. Although after being in Guatemala – so I stayed with a friend who lives in Guatemala City, and she has two kids who go to the same school on the same schedule. So – it's very different than my life, but uh-huh. the traffic there is so bad that she spends so much more time in her car because of traffic. And I'm driving kids to and from school. I do a drop off and a pickup six times a day. I mean, I have three different schools, so I'm either. Oh my gosh! So, but they're all within, you know, ten minutes of my house. Okay. So, but it, are you coming home in between those? Yeah, I live a very broken up kind of That stuff. is crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So okay. um anyway. So leaving them is no small feat for whoever's doing that six pickup and drop off. Right. Like Derek had to take a day off of work, my husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because of driving. Yeah. Um, and my mom lives close by, so that's really helpful. Um, but yes, it is a minute by minute schedule and then like small things happen, like the night before I was supposed to leave, I found out that the day I was coming back, so five days later, six days later, uh, Juliana, who's my youngest, needed a t-shirt to make a cape at preschool. And I thought, by Monday morning, this is not going to be on anyone's (laughs) memory bank, even if I write it on the schedule. So I put it in Derek's car, you know, on t-shirt on Wednesday night so that it would be there Monday morning, hoping it would still be there. Right. Right. 
And it's those kinds of details that you think, I need to take care of this because it won't get taken care of. Now, when you leave, do you let all this go? I try to. Or are you running through that list in your brain the same time? No, 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 Let it go. Okay. Yes. Like, I did my best, and now it's up to the team. The team, (laughs) the leader has given the instructions, and now you just need to follow through. Hey, and it takes a team, right? I know you didn't just have Derek doing this, right? Oh, no. Yeah. So my mom, he spent the night at his mom's house and went to dinner at his sister's house. Oh. And so it was a team effort for sure. Yeah. Oh, so good. And he said the blessed words when I came back. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Aren't those the best words ever? (laughs) Yes. And then I think, oh, there's another reason why I went on this trip. My husband says the same thing every time I leave. And I, it really is. It's like the best thing your ears could hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't know how I do it either. Mm-hmm. It just happens. So what were you doing in Guatemala? Well, so I am pretty connected to MOPS International, which is based here in Denver. I live in Denver. And MOPS is Mothers of Preschoolers. And it's all over the world. It's in, I don't know, 37 countries right now, something mm-hmm. around that number. And they, in Guatemala, were having their third annual MOPS conference, a one-day conference. Mm -hmm. And so I went to go be with them as they did that and support them and watch them and talk with the moms a little bit. And it was a treat, a real treat. I did not know how large MOPS was. Internationally, I'm speaking. Yes. It's kind of crazy. Crazy. And what I loved about it, because my life for so many years, I was on staff for a long time at MOPS and I'm still really connected. Um, I visit and have visited tons and tons of MOPS groups. And it's like my second home, kind of like an extended family. You walk in, you know what to expect. And I didn't know what to expect going to Guatemala. And what I loved watching was the group dynamics and the leaders. And it just was same thing, different place, Mm. different language. Yeah. And it is a structure that's really basic and really simple. And so it's adaptable to lots of cultures and People can make it their own to meet the needs of the moms that they're serving. They're with, yeah. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly Warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30 minute class, I can choose a 45 minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. 
I personally love a good 45 minute hip hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. That's onepeloton.com. Hey guys, I just want to tell you about a place that you can do all of your shopping and how about the happy hour. We all love Amazon. I basically buy something from there every single day because when I think I need something, I just buy it and then it shows up two days later. It's the best. Well, next time you go shopping at Amazon, why don't you do jamieivy.com slash Amazon. It takes you straight to Amazon, but what it does is it gives a little percentage back to the happy hour and it helps us create great shows. So when you hear us talk about the books that Alex wrote today, just go to Amazon and pick them up. jamieivy.com slash Amazon. Um, I'm a fan of Mops. I love y'all. Mops does great stuff. And I was actually never involved in a Mops group, but I've had the privilege of speaking to several Mops groups here around Austin and Dallas and stuff. Um, but I just want to talk with you real quick. This just came to my attention. Why? I know why and you know why, but let's talk about why Mops is so valuable to women. And and not necessarily, I don't want to like, this is not a commercial for Mops or anything, but that right. just the women getting together that are in the same life stage. Mm-hmm. What is the value behind that? Well, I mean, I could talk about this for hours because I really do love it so much. And I think there's just the basic having somebody look you in the eye who's equally exhausted and say, I get it. I know it. I'm living it. Uh That's priceless. It's completely priceless. And there are some elements that are specific to MOPS, like every MOPS group has a mentor. So having a woman or a group of women who are past the preschool years who say, you're going to survive this and what you're doing is really important mm. is just such a bomb to people's weary, weary souls yes. to say, oh, it matters to have somebody look you in the eye and say, this matters. And I know it does because my kids are in high school and what I did when they were little makes a difference. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, Mops also has a leadership program. So MOPS is run by women who are in that stage of life. And I think there's something about telling a mom, especially in that phase when you're becoming a mom and you're taking on that identity and thinking, did I lose all of who I was before? Um, Can I offer the world anything? My boobs are leaking. (laughs) I'm so tired. I I think I might throw up. I'm so tired. Um, And to have someone say, no, you, you can lead this group. You have talents. Uh, you can lead a discussion group. You can lead a craft. You can plan a service project for our group. And to to take that on and say, oh, being a mom doesn't mean the rest of my life gets shut down mm. and the rest of me. So there are all those elements to it. And I think it really is a great doorway for a woman who is looking for a church or a faith community. It's a safe entree for yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people maybe grew up going to church or never considered it, and then they have a child and they think, oh, am I supposed to be doing this? Or even more importantly, they start having these like bigger life questions. Mm -hmm. This, This person just appeared and it's a miracle and I've experienced a miracle and I've never really considered miracles before and who is the source of this Mm -hmm. person that I love so much and the source of this love that I'm feeling? All those questions, she can go to MOPS and have great discussions, but it's a bridge to a larger faith community that can help her walk through those questions, but also can help her in 
raising her children, like for for the lifespan of her family, yeah. which MOPS isn't intended to do. It's just supposed to help guide her in a short phase. Those young ages. You know, yeah. I never thought about something until you said it just now about, and every leader that I've worked with uh, in a MOPS when I've gone to talk to their group, there are, and I never noticed it until you just said it, that they are part of that same community by means saying that they are living that same life stage that these women are, mm-hmm. that these women are, that are coming. And I think that's really important, like even outside of MOPS, not even speaking just of MOPS leadership, but I'm constantly talking to women who are in that stage. It's a little bit behind us. I mean, you still have a four-year-old, but you also have older kids. I feel like I'm past that with my mm-hmm. youngest being eight. But I remember those years of having little kids and just feeling like, I'm never going to do anything ever again with my life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. All I do is change diapers. I'm worthless. And that's an exaggeration. You're not right. worthless because you're mothering and discipling your children. And we know that. But there are those feelings that creep in that say, I'm never going to do anything. And I'm always telling women, I'm like, it is such a season. And I know that sounds cliche, right? Mm-hmm. But we say it. And it is so true. And you and I can actually, like, attest to that, right? I mean, did your right. life look different now than when you had two little babies at the beginning? Oh. Absolutely. And what I tell groups now when I go visit them is, you know, people used to tell me all the time, um, the days are long, but the years are short. Uh-huh. And it would just make me mad. Right. Like, you know what? My days just go long. <laughs> yeah. And and now, now that I feel the years slipping away, you know, uh-huh. the seven, and now it's not even seven anymore. Now it's at after next week, yeah, five, five years of school, um, that I, I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So um, I think it helps to have leaders who are also feeling like the days are just long Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes um, women who are past this stage unintentionally, I mean, we, when we say these things to moms who are still with their newborn babies, Mm -hmm. sometimes it can come off as a little bit patronizing Mm. and we don't mean that at all. Right. And so I think it's really helpful when the woman up front who's leading the group is in that same stage it um it means it lets, a little bit more. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so good. Um I always have a question that I ask um guests before we get on the air, before we do any of this stuff. Um and one of the questions I always love to hear what people say, and one of them is I always ask them, if you could go back and tell your older self something, what would you say? And every once in a while an answer sticks out to me so much that I'm like, ooh, I want to talk about this with this person. And so I ask you this, and you said two things that I loved a lot, but one of them I want to ask you about is that you said that you would love your husband differently. What do you mean by that? Well, okay. So today's our 18 year. Happy anniversary. anniversary. Yes. Which makes me sound so old. Today's my parents' 41st anniversary. Oh, wow. I know. Happy anniversary. Happy you guys and to my mom and dad. So there's that. Um, so when our kid, when our older two were little, we had a probably a couple of years that were really hard. And there were a lot of factors that played into that. And we were stuck in the weeds of it. And I wish I had taken a bigger perspective and not been so angry at my husband mm. <laughs> for being in the weeds. Yeah. Um, it turns out that he was struggling with some clinical depression. Yeah. And we didn't know that. Um, but it was being magnetized. Is that the right word? But magnified by, um, some life circumstances. Both of his parents were diagnosed with pretty severe cancer diagnoses Mm -hmm. and he was in a job he hated and things just weren't going our way. It felt like, yeah. 
And I was mad at him for not loving our actual life. Mm. And he needed to kind of have his own process. And I wish I had been more gentle with him. During, during that, that season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What was it like when you told him that you wish that you would have been more gentle? Um, I think he knows that that was a hard phase for me. And I ended up um, really going inside myself a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a time, and again, I wrote about this in my first book, but it was a time of, of real uh, spiritual growth for me because I had depended on him a lot emotionally mm-hmm. and he wasn't available to me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so that made me turn to, to God in a new way, in a desperate way. And to um, bring my husband to the cross mm-hmm. on his behalf. And he knows that all of that happened now, you know, he knows yeah. in retrospect that that happened. And so that was good for me. I just wish I had, been more gentle with him as I was going through that and not so resentful. Mm, That's so good. What do you think could have made you in that moment see that? Oh, gosh. See, that's what I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I think it's really good when we look back because, you know, you know, looking back is always a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And I'm always trying to think about what could I have thought? What could have been said to me? What could I have thought? Mm -hmm. What could I have known that would have changed the way I reacted? I was just curious if you had ever thought about that. Yeah, I think probably hearing more people's stories, Mm. which is why I tell stories of the hard part, because I want people to know it's normal. So you feel like you looked around and felt alone. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I, I wasn't hearing stories of we went through this phase, but then when we pushed through to the other side, it was richer Mm. because we went through this hard phase. I wasn't hearing that enough. And So I really encourage people to share the hard parts of marriage that, that have been pushed through. I can't really think of any other phrase for it because it is such a, an endurance kind of thing. Um, and then the richness that comes on the other side, because you know that you've been faithful Mm -hmm. and you know that you have really loved your spouse, even though you didn't feel like it, Mm. um, that that's when I think a, a depth of commitment really yeah. comes through. I was talking to some friends the other day, and it's just what you talked about. They were t- We were talking about their marriage, and they went through some really hard times a couple of years ago. And I was talking to them about it because it was kind of this anniversary of hard times for them. You know, it was like a moment that mm-hmm. kind of it all came to the surface. And um, I was telling them, I was like, isn't it amazing what God has done in your life in four years? And they both said we are so thankful um, that we walked through that because mm-hmm. the love that we have for our, for God and the love that we have for each other is so much stronger, you know. And so they do get to share that story, which is I think it's just what you're talking about of them saying we walked through this hardest time ever that we should not have survived. Like mm-hmm. from the world, our marriage should not have survived. And we did and we're thriving and it's better. And God used that suffering to bring us closer. Those are good stories to hear. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you parent your daughters? Like when you ever, like, like I think about this, like having an eight year old, like I want, I want her to know these things, Mm -hmm. you know, at an age appropriate level for sure. And some of the struggles that I've been through, or even like, I want her to grow up and love God more than our husband. And like, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. have you had these conversations with your 13 year old? 
Oh, well, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> I do get a lot of eye rolls. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home mm-hmm. and I didn't grow up in a home with marriage. Um, I was raised by a single mom. Mm-hmm. And so having, I think even just having a marriage that's, I'd say our, we have a healthy relationship yeah. that is the umbrella of our home mm-hmm. is modeling to them, this is what we think yeah. healthy marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, we have talked some about, do we um, argue in front of our kids? <laughs> yeah, what'd y'all come up with? Uh, and uh, because I kind of have a blank slate as far as marriage, yeah, I, um, my opinion is we're, we're teaching our children how to be adults. Mm-hmm. And so we need to model what it means to be the best adult possible. Yeah. So we should have disagreements in front of them as long as we're doing it well. Mm. If we feel ourselves getting out of control and like nastier than we should be, right? then that needs to not be happening in front of them. Yeah. But if it's a disagreement and then a reconciliation, they need to see that whole process. Mm. And sometimes you don't know where you are in the middle of an argument. Like, where are we? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Are we moving towards reconciliation at right. some point? Um, but one thing that I've read, and I, I really like research, <laughs> yeah. but I've read that um, kids who leave the home, a home of faith, mm-hmm that take their faith with them, one of the things that their parents have done that's that's notable of the kids who kind of maintain their faith as they go into young adulthood uh-huh. is that the parents model forgiveness, mm-hmm. that they ask for forgiveness from their kids and that they model forgiveness in their marriage yeah. and ask other people for forgiveness. But our kids only know that that's happening if we either do it in front of them or we yes. tell them about it. Yes, you're right. Yeah. They're not going to know. It's kind of like tithing. Mm-hmm. Like you realized, wait, we, we tithe online. Our kids That's don't exactly know. exactly right. Do yeah, I know. And yet we're supposed to be teaching them money management. And yeah. we believe this is a principle of money management. But they so, could grow up and be 18 and never know about that. Right. Yeah, you're right. Or, or prayer. Like I'm praying through this. Well, they only know I'm praying through this if I say I it out them. loud. If I tell them. So it's those things that I've been realizing, especially lately with my older kids, like they're I should be letting them know that I'm doing this, that this is part of the healthy life. So that's really good. I like that because you're modeling what you want your children to see. Mm -hmm. And that's what they will see. I mean, it's not even like we're, it's like we're making an effort to do something. This is what they will see. So Mm -hmm. we get a choice to either let them see what we want them to see or, you know, a bad model of that. I love that. I always say that I want my kids to know that, um, that I can easily ask them for forgiveness. And so that's something I try really hard to do. And it's hard. It really is. But I think it's powerful, just like you said. Yeah. And my rule of thumb for myself is um, fast and frequent. Mm. So if the moment I think I should ask for her forgiveness, I try to do it as quickly as that thought comes to my mind. Because I want to be, I want to be frequent with my, my mm-hmm. um, petitions of grace, mm. because that puts her in a position to know what it is to extend grace. Yeah. So we need to forgive our kids, you know, as part of our whole discipline element. Sometimes you get a consequence and sometimes you get grace mm-hmm. or, and, and always you get a second chance. And so I want her to know what it is to extend grace 
what that feels like. And she can only do that if I'm giving her that opportunity. That's That's good. That's good. Because then you're allowing them to practice something that we have to do for the rest of our lives. Yes. And give out grace. Yes. And boy, do we have to do that in marriage. Right. I mean, talk about life skill. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And, And I want my kids to have... Yeah, just this healthy sense of forgiveness. Mm, that's good. But it's not a big deal that you put on this pedestal and you only save for the big things. Mm, yeah. Really, really good. We do that in our, like when we're talking through discipline, we always talk about you need to ask your brother for forgiveness and then, it's you know, you need to forgive them. So that I love it so much. And I've never, ever thought of it, though, as that we're preparing them for like adulthood because we have to do this all the time in our relationships. And so mm-hmm. good stuff. If we want them to be healthy. We're, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Add that in. Add that in. Well, yes. Because I get, a lot of people come to mind that don't offer grace ever or uh-huh. quickly. Yeah. And it just seems like life's harder for them. Mm. There you go. I think your next book should be titled Fast and Frequent. Yeah. <laughs> Although when I wrote it down, I'm taking notes. I wrote Fast and Furious and I had to scratch it out. Like, no, that's, that's a movie. That's not what she said. So don't get well, confused. Well, and fast and frequent might be taken a different way, too. I, I agree with that. I think that that could be a little different title that you would want. Uh, <laughs> different subject matter. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. I'm going to ask you, what three things are you loving and what are you reading? You can answer whichever one you want first. Okay, things I'm loving. Well, lately I've been trying to tell every mops group I go to about Voxer. Oh, yes. You're not the only person that tells me they're loving this, but I want to yes. hear why you love it. Well, I love it because for moms, especially moms with kids that are within arm's length, right? Um, to have an uninterrupted conversation, it's just impossible. So Voxer is an app on your phone, and it's essentially a walkie-talkie that records. So you can Vox your friend and say, hey, are you going to go to Mops tomorrow, yeah. for example? Uh-huh. And if you just try to call her and she answers the phone the likelihood of a successful conversation is pretty low <laughs> right. if you both have kids at home or she won't be able to answer. So you just leave a one-sided message. Right. But if you're on Voxer, then she can respond whenever it's convenient for her and you can listen whenever it's convenient for you. And so when I first heard about it, I thought, well, it just sounds like voice memos, right? On yeah. texting, uh-huh. which it kind of is, um, but be- the app just makes it easier. And it has allowed me to really stay in touch with a lot of people that we wouldn't be talking to each other as frequently if we weren't using the app. It's great. I always say I have a love-hate relationship with it, but when I love it, I love it. Um, I'm in like a Voxer group of writers, uh-huh. and that's been so good for me because all the, you can just ask questions and you know people can just chime in. You get all these different opinions that if you were doing that over email, A, I would not have time to read that. Yeah. And B, <laughs> it would just get all kind of crazy combobulated. So- um, I like it as well. Also, I'm the kind of person who I get in a car if I'm by myself and I'm, if I'm not listening to a podcast, my mind just starts like, I need, I need this person to do this. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. And so I can call like my assistant and just be like, I'm just going to download everything I need to say. Take it right. when you need it, you know? And so it's right. great. And if you're dependent on texting, you can't do that while you're driving. You cannot do that while you're driving. Okay. What's your second thing you're loving? Okay. So on the app mode, mm-hmm. I'm also loving Team Snap. I have never heard of this. So this is good. So this is a Colorado-based app. So that might be why it's so popular here. But it's for teams of whatever. Are you you saying team or teen? Team Team with an M. Oh, okay. M as in Moses. Okay. Um, 
So it's for teams to organize themselves. So all your practices, all your games, um, you can communicate if something is um, changed Uh because of weather or whatever. It all is in one place and you can have multiple teams. So I have two daughters who play soccer and between them, they're on three soccer teams and they're all on this one app, everything I need to know. All the parents' contact information, you can send an email or text to the whole group. I love it. Is this only in Colorado or do you think this no. is a national thing? No. it's Anyone can use it. It's just the offices are here in Colorado. Okay. So um, it's great. The team pays a small fee. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's under $50 or around $50 uh-huh. to use it. And then everybody benefits. It's so worth it though. I can only mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, because like we've yep. had so much rain this spring that we are getting canceled or rescheduled. Da, 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 da. And if you don't get it in your email, I mean, you'll miss it. Well, right. And trying to transfer the email to the calendar, yes. and and this lets you survey people when you're trying to reschedule Plan a game. Right. Yes. Okay. Oh, you can keep track of money. It's awesome. See, Love you're it. speaking my language. Okay. What's your third thing? <laughs> okay, my third thing are. Um, the Wish Mamas, who I think you had on your Mother's Day uh, special, the As You Wish yes. sign. So I am wearing two of their things right now that they made for me. Okay, but did I see that you were working with them and did a t-shirt? Well, Is so. Is that them? Okay, yes, you're going to tell me. Them. I can't wait. They said, <laughs> they came to me and said, we love the title of your book. Do you think we could do um, a shirt with it? And they chose a tank top. Oh. Love and it. it's so cute. So mine came while I was in Guatemala. So I just opened the package last night and just saw the tank. So I haven't even put it on yet. Um, but they are great to partner with if you have like a school group and you're trying to do a fundraiser of some kind or a commemorative something for somebody oh. or you want to do a special gift. You know, they do custom uh-huh. jewelry, custom, uh-huh. custom gifts. Um you can partner with them, and they will do a portion. Will go to whatever your fundraiser thing is. That is so, so great. It's it's great. They're great for graduation gifts. Like, could you design? I'm totally acting like you work with them, but yeah. could you <laughs> could you design something and then say we're going to sell this, and all the profits are going to go to this organization? I don't think. I mean, they still have to cover their costs for sure. But all the, okay, I see what yes. you're saying. Yeah, a but a portion maybe. of their of the proceeds will go to whatever you designate. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they work. That's awesome. Uh, I got a ta- a thing from them with all my kids' name on it. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really popular. They do you know little name jewelry or initials, um, and it's all custom <sighs> and affordable. Like they're really affordable. I feel like I see your T shirt on their webpage. <laughs> it's a tank top. It's so yes, cute. It's, a tank top. it's cute. So it's their thing. They they just did it. They went with it. And we um, – I don't know if they're still selling the book with it too. They have they the option are. of I buying the book with it. Um, but it just was really cute. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, I'll put – as always, I'll put all these links up. But I'll make sure that you can see this link as well because this is a super cute shirt. It's like perfect for summer. Mm-hmm. So you don't know these ladies? No, I do. They, oh, okay, okay. In Spokane. Yeah. Okay. I do know them. Awesome. Okay, yeah. those are great things. What are you reading these days? Well, I wish I could say I was reading lots of stuff. I, I have a problem with buying books mm. and not reading them. Yeah. I like I'll hear about a book on a on a podcast and just like from my phone go buy it. It's dangerous. Yeah. I know. Amazon is Yes, it's, it's the best. My, and it shows my, up like the next day. <laughs> I know. It helps and it hurts all at once. Yeah. 
Um, so a group of friends from church, we've been doing Priscilla Shire's Gideon mm-hmm. um, Bible study this spring. Yeah. And it's so funny. I think it's a five-week study, and we've been doing it for like 14 it's weeks. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> um, and we're not done. Um, so that helps me because it's accountability. Somebody yeah. saying, you have to read this much by the next time I see you yeah. um, is really helpful. Um, so is it a Bible study or a book? Well, it's a Bible study. Okay. Okay. Yes. It's a Bible study. So you buy the little workbook and then it has mm-hmm. a video series that goes with it. And um, yeah, we love it. That's it's awesome. great because we're very low maintenance Bible study. Like we, we don't have anyone who's really in charge. So the fact that whoever's there just pushes play is like this makes is the it best. Do. Yeah. The best. Okay. Um, awesome. Anything else? Well, let's see. I just read today a Pew Research study. Okay. (laughs) I told you that I like research. That is so funny. Well, I think it goes to my work with mops in trying to watch kind of cultural trends. mm -hmm. And um, I'm a little bit addicted to it. So, you know, I just got back from Guatemala last night. And what caught my eye was the newest Pew Research study that says that uh, young adult men are now more likely to live at home with their parents than to live with a partner of some kind. Oh. So between the ages of 18 and 34. So, I don't know if this should be good or bad for me. I, boys. Well, right. And so that was my thing. Like, how do we as parents uh-huh. now, knowing that this is where it's trending, how, how do we prepare ourselves and how do we prepare our kids for this? Mm, I think we build a little small cabin in the backyard right. and say, that's your option. <laughs> Right. Like, seriously, do we do we plan on having a a young adult child live with us? Probably. I have four kids and I there's like at this stage in the game, I can think of one that would be welcome to stay longer. (laughs) I'm like, all you others, you guys to go. Oh, that's hilarious. Where do you find all your studies? Well, Twitter. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like it's just it's not very methodical but it's even very... when you say it i'm like i want to be someone that like can quote like well i was reading this study recently like i want to say that more in my life yeah can you I know. help me can you just send me all the studies that i should be reading no i didn't you need tell to you that i had it. to like go through all these other dumb tweets that i was looking at to okay that and then click on it okay yeah it, there's no methodical element to it that is hilarious <laughs> um but it does catch my eye when i see those stats okay I like, um, I like those things. And, you know, right before I left, um, I read a lot of mommy blogs. Mm-hmm. Again, this gets back to my work with yeah. moms. Mm-hmm. And I read, every once in a while I read one and I think, oh my gosh, this is really unique. A perspective I haven't read and I've read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also such a great insight and is making me think. And I was thinking about it. A day after I read it, which I That's always good. know. That, yeah. that. It's a good so, um, it is a new person that I'm starting to follow who also lives in Spokane. Um, and her name is Katie Blackburn. And she wrote um, a blog post called Perfect Start, Perfect End. Okay. And her website is justenoughbrave.com. And this is, I shared it on my author Facebook stuff. I think so great for any mom whose child is not um, developing at what's considered kind of a normal rate. Yeah. And all those worries Mm -hmm. of how is this going to impact them for the rest of their life. Yeah. And she really lays out this beautiful context. 
And really, even for anybody who is asking, why is life not working out exactly like I thought it would in this moment? I think it's broad enough that it would appeal to even that Mm. bigger question. Um, But it's called Perfect Start, Perfect End. Okay. It's worth searching. I like that. I I like hearing about new things to read online. Mm-hmm. You have broadened my horizons. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, there we're running out of time, but there's one thing that I wanted to ask you because um, you do, would you call it a retreat with mm-hmm. Krista Gilbert? I do. Which mm-hmm. I met Krista at a loom. Yeah. And just, just fell in love with her. Right. <laughs> like immediately. In fact, we were, um, I, she was friends with my friend Sarah who was there mm-hmm. and I ended up sitting next to her. And then with like 10 minutes into our conversations, I'm like bawling, telling bawling, her yeah. like a part of, uh, like a fear I have in my heart that I don't think I've ever expressed. I just told it to a stranger. Like yeah. she just does that to you, I guess. Okay. Is that normal? That's completely normal. Okay. Because it was like, I don't know what just happened, but I just said some fears out loud that I've never said out loud to anyone. So she is amazing. She makes people feel at home. She's the the quintessential hostess. Yes. Right? Yes. Because you feel at home even if you're sitting in a hotel lobby. Yes. You just feel like you can just be brave and vulnerable with her. That's Mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me what y'all do. Well, so it's within this year-long mastermind group Mm -hmm. that we put together. And we started it last year um, when we were at Alum, I think the year before that you met her. Mm -hmm. Um, She and I went together and we were thinking, you know, we really want a closer group of people who are writing and speaking that can be a support to each other. And we're good at bringing people together. So why don't we try that? Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, I am not a doer. So I'm really good at like thinking through every angle and every possibility, but actually doing it is not my strength. Doing is her strength. She can get it done. She can get it done. And she will say things like, okay, so I'm ordering the invitation. So we need to pick a date. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And um, so we did it last year. We had a group of women. They were our first year. Mm -hmm. And we just prayed through the whole process and we prayed through who we were going to invite, what it was going to involve. And through that, we have come to the conclusion that we want to do a new group every year. Mm. And so um, our second group of women are coming together now for um, monthly calls. And then we will do a retreat together in September where we'll meet face to face. That's really great. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I think I've learned in the past couple of years of how valid and important it is um, to just kind of get together, and that's what a mastermind would be called, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. just get together and have people who are kind of walking the same steps as you, and just be able to talk about things. And so, mm-hmm. great job, guys, for doing that. Yeah, it it's been a gift. I mean, really, you know, when you're doing something you're meant to do, when it feels so easy, mm. and when people are thanking you for it, and Ugh. you think. I'm not really doing anything. Right. I'm just doing something that's fun. Like I'm planning something with Krista. That's super fun. Yeah. But I'm getting to know these other wonderful women mm. well. Yeah. That's not hard work for me. You're providing that space for them though, mm. which is great. So yes. good job, guys. All right, Alex, this has been awesome. We <laughs> have just talked all over Guatemala and mops <laughs> and loving your husband and organization and meal planning and asking for forgiveness. Yeah. This has been my, just, this is what I call a happy hour. Oh, it's just well, all over the board. You. Thank you for inviting me to be part of it. I've been listening to 
some of your older, um, I don't know what you call them. Episodes. Episodes mm -hmm. um, to get to know you a little bit. Uh. And I felt like we were kindred as soon as I heard you had four children. There you because go. Because we have that club. Yes. But there were just some wonderful things I heard along the way, like that you told your dentist flat out, which I have done, that you don't floss. <laughs> I never will. I don't. Don't try to convince me. The cause is just, it's, it's, it's fruit. It's, you can't happen. Like, I'm not going to start flossing. Yeah. So, I know. Yeah. And they look at you like in this horrified manner. And I want to explain to them, you have no idea what my life is like. <laughs> I know. And so. I'm like, every other person that you convince and tells you that they're going to, they're lying to you. I'm just being honest. I know. That's what I it is. Seven years in a row, it was my New Year's resolution. To start flossing? Yes. And, it, <laughs> and I broke it. It was like that big change, right? Yeah. It was too big of a change. Oh. It was unsustainable. You're like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Meal planning, yes. Flossing, no. Right. Can't happen. Uh, okay. Well, I'll put sh uh, links up in the show notes over at jamieivy.com for your book, Loving My Actual Life. I'll also link to your other book, um, The Artist's Daughter, which I'm going to pull out and read now because I apologize that you sent that to me and it never made it to my bedstand. Oh, do not apologize. I know you get lots of books. But it's coming over tonight. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. I love a good memoir, though. It's my favorite type of, type of book to read. Yeah. People's real life stories are the best stories. It's the best. I know. I know. All right. Thank you so much for coming. And I hope you happy anniversary. Thank you. Are y'all going out tonight? We're going to a soccer game. <laughs> that sums it up. Just quite yeah. good right there. <laughs> yep. We're going to a soccer game together. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thank you. Guys, wasn't that a great chat with Alex? We recorded this show on her 18th anniversary, on my parents' 41st anniversary, and today is actually my anniversary. Erin, I've been married 15 years today, so this is basically just the anniversary episode. Um, thanks for listening to this show today. I loved my, my I loved my chat with Alex, and since we talked, I have picked up her memoir and love it. Um, so it was such a great show. I'm so glad she joined me today. Remember, everything we chatted about, it's going to be up on my website, jamieivy.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Find me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and share with me something you love from this episode. Today's show was edited by Knox McCoy and the music is from Jason Poe. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. Mm -hmm.